Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another awesome video. It's uh, Cody from Keeping It Geekly. We're actually here for the first time live with my good buddy George from Shortbox Summary. We're here to break down Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Manium. We're going to be hitting you with a non spoiler take first and then diving into some spoiler takes as well. And I'm really, really interested in hearing your thoughts, George. Uh, first and foremost, though, man, give us a short introduction to who you are. Uh, shout out your podcast. Let us know a little bit about what you do, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My name is George. Uh, as Cody said, I host a podcast called Shortbox Summary. And on that show, I go back into the mid 2000s. That was when I got really into comic books. And I go back and figure out if these books were really good or if I was 15. <laughs> and I like to talk about the cultural context that surrounds these books. So like often during a show, I'll give a breakdown of like the top 10 songs on Billboard, the month a specific issue came out, what was happening at the box office, what uh, what was happening in the NFL, just to talk about like, oh, during this was this Super Bowl. This was like the Janet Jackson exposed, exposed breast Super Bowl. Just, oh man. This, was, <laughs> this is when Ja Rule was dominating the charts. This is when J-Lo was in 10 different songs. This so do you when... think that was an accident or do you think that was planned? Do you think staged or accident? Um, I think, I think JT did that on purpose. I don't think yeah. he did it to like torpedo uh, her career, mm -hmm. but it, it it did torpedo her career. Oh yeah. Um, God, it's so weird. Also, like the Patriots won that Super Bowl. I'm from Maine, so I'm a, I'm a big like New England fan, <laughs> and like no one remembers that the Patriots won that Super Bowl. Everyone just it totally them, just like, blimped from the it. Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what all goes into that? That sounds like it would take some really extensive research to like kind of like. Fi figure out what was the like you know popping around then i'm not gonna pretend it's hard to do i just think i'm the only one interested in doing it right now i'm sure there's other podcasts that that mention this stuff but i am just fascinated by pop culture because i just remember being 15 thinking oh this song is the coolest song that i've ever mm -hmm. heard and so i want to go back and figure out like oh this song actually came out that i was obsessed with oh this song that like my girlfriend and i used to listen to in her car uh that song was released and was number one the same week that i don't know like Captain America issue 12 came out, you know, with like wow. Winter Soldier stuff, you know, just trying to like tie everything together. Oh my God. When like Cisco uh, thong song came out, my mom used to bump that all that we had in Nikita <laughs> how we caught Cisco. That's how much she loved it, dude. And I just, <laughs> let me know when you get that song on, we're going to have to chat about that, but Ooh, we I... are, <laughs> go ahead. I was going to say, I think that's a little bit before when the, when the podcast starts, but uh, I've been going back. I've been doing, I'm, honestly, I'm, I'm kind of need a break from Marvel. It's mostly a Marvel podcast, mm -hmm. but recently I've been doing a lot of Batman stories and Batman stories from like slightly different time frames than like what I normally cover in Marvel. So it's kind of nice to just like get a, get a change of pace, change of scenery and talk about other books. No, that is awesome. And um, I think right now it'd be a awesome change of a scenery for us to uh break down a movie so you know it's a nice little segue from comic books here to talk about ant-man and the wasp quantum manium so of course uh doing a non-spoiler take first and foremost george we you know we kept everything pretty much strictly we didn't talk about it at all we set up the date that's it what's your thoughts i mean did you like it or no because of twitter i was expecting to see like a really bad movie and I didn't like I just I just straight up didn't. I was really entertained for two hours. I had a great time with Ant Man and the Wasp. I don't think it's my favorite Ant Man movie, just because like the first one was just such like a weird like Edgar Wright didn't direct the first one, but his fingerprints were still all over the first one. And the second one, I really liked the the new characters they introduced. Like we got Lawrence Fishburne playing the, like Bill Foster, like Goliath. Mm -hmm. And so there was just like all these new like connective tissues that made the Marvel Universe bigger in Ant-Man 2. So I really liked that. Um, this was a, I, I thought this was a lot of fun. I thought this was a good movie. I don't understand the the hate it's getting. So I 
was a little bit different. I didn't hate it, but I felt, you know, it was kind of in between. Uh, I think I, if I quote myself correctly on Twitter, I, I gave it a five out of 10. Uh, okay. You know I mean? Kind, kind, kind of bordering. And I can't wait to kind of dive into uh, some of those reasons why, and you know, what, what kind of, you know, didn't hit for me, but um, out, you know, just what, what we've seen so far, you know, how did you feel uh, about, you know, how the trailer, you know, coincide with the movie, you know, cause that, that's a big thing too. A lot of people, a lot, a lot of trailers like to show their hand a little earlier or, you know, maybe show scenes that really aren't what they are in the movie. So did you feel like the trailer mm -hmm. kind of, kind of kept pace with the, the movie? I do. I didn't think it was like a, a bad representation of the final product. I thought, honestly, all these trailers show way too much. That's like probably yeah, my biggest yeah. pet peeve. Like, uh, if we're talking slight spoilers for an older movie, like, for uh, not older came out not that long ago but like black panther uh wakanda forever like i didn't need to know that riri williams was in that movie in fact i would have preferred to not know that and just kind yeah. of been surprised at the movies i did my best to stay dark after the first ant-man and the wasp quantumania trailer but uh I, I did not feel misrepresented in in the final film and i think i can agree with that too i, I feel like what you saw in the trailers is exactly what you got in the movie and, you know, so that leads me to my next question after seeing the first, I assume you've seen the first and the second one, right? Yeah, yeah. So so how do you feel like uh, this movie stacks up like in the trilogy, you know, because this is like an Ant-Man movie, so it is a trilogy now. How, how do you think it is like ending that trilogy for you? Oh, I didn't think of it as an ending to a trilogy and we're going to get into that. Maybe um, I worded that a little bit weird, yeah, but. No, 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 you're all good, all good. Uh, we're going to get into that, I think, more of the, the spoiler. But I think the first one is still really special just because it was really fun and inventive. And like the mm -hmm. way they played with scale, I thought was really cool. Like just going back to the first one, just like the fact that like the final climax battle happened in like a little girl's bedroom. Right. And it, like there was like a big fight in a suitcase that ended up on like a moving train that was actually just like a toy train set. Like it was doing really smart, inventive things, I think, uh, with playing with scale and like showing us like just how big Ant-Man's world can be. You know, so bombastic. I loved it. And this movie didn't do that. Like uh, they yeah. go into they go into the quantum realm, which is a micro universe that ostensibly exists underneath our universe. But once they're there, like they're perfectly in scale. You know, like there's there's nothing like too ridiculous. Like it's not like it's not as honey. I sh shrunk the kid mm -hmm. uh, as, as much as I was kind of hoping for in an Ant Man movie, just because like I think the previous two did a really good job of. I don't know, just like being innovative in how you view things and then this being in a completely different universe for all intents and purposes, that was kind of lost. And so it all became about the the tension and the relationships between the characters. And some of those were strong and some of those weren't. So I think like that was where the movie failed, if it failed anywhere for me. So I really felt that a lot of the supporting cast we had in the first two kind of helped sell the Ant-Man movie. And maybe that might be a hot take, but I really felt like a lot of those characters, like uh, Hector, for instance, like I loved Hector so much. Like to me, yeah. uh, like it, it was it was almost, it, it sucked. Even like a small cameo would have been nice. And I, you know, I don't know if that, uh, maybe that's spoiler, maybe I'm branching too far, but I, you know, I think that's uh, been a big part of what a lot of people expected. Um, and for me, it kind of took away from the Ant-Man movie experience, I guess. Like if, if there was Ant-Man in this, but it really didn't feel like an ant-man movie through and through to me it almost felt like a kang movie i'd agree with that and i think kang deserves his own movie for sure i just i, I like the juxtaposition i guess of having this omniversal threat like kang 
go up against literally the smallest hero available yes. in Ant-Man. Yes. It's like, I thought that sort of tension was interesting and fun, but I don't, it kind of, it felt like it was doing that almost ironically, right? Where like you were addressing like, like like the way people make fun of Aquaman, like, oh, what are his powers? Oh, he can talk to fish. Like, that's fucking cool. Like, <laughs> it almost feels like they were kind of doing that with Ant-Man and just being like, no, he's he's really cool. Here's why he's so cool. And it's just like, all right, well, if a single Ant-Man can, can fight a version of Kang, is Kang really that threatening? You know, like it was it was almost almost playing a little too tipped to the scales in Ant-Man's favor. I kind of wish I kind of wish there was more drama, I guess, in the actual confrontations between them. And again, I'm sorry if that's going No, I too think far. I you're you're fine. I think when we get to the spoiler take, I have a hot take and you might actually agree with it. I I I had an opportunity to tell our good friend Stokes about it and he was like kind of taken back, but you know, uh, there was like two takes I had and the one he was like, "You know, I see it. I see it." And uh, I can't wait to kind of break it down. But I mean, overall, I definitely for me I feel like if you are an Ant-Man like fanatic, if you like Ant-Man, uh, see the movie. I think it is definitely, you know, it's worthwhile seeing. But in that same scenario, if you're not like the biggest Ant-Man fanatic, uh, I, I think this might be worth waiting till it comes to Disney Plus. You know, it really just for me, it just depends on how much you like the character. Because uh, I, I don't know, at the end of the day, it hit, but it didn't hit nearly as strong as I felt like it could have. Because... Uh, Ant-Man movies to me are supposed like they feel like a more humorous and serious balance leaning towards the humorous side more and this one tried to be too serious I felt I can see that and like I guess Marvel's kind of getting away from I think some of the magic they had and like I'm not saying like the quality of movies has gone down I think my interest in them has gone down that's not yeah the same that's not the same thing but like the fact that Ant-Man was a superhero movie but it was really a heist movie with superheroes right like the original one and so they were like what if, we took it, yeah. X, what if we took x movie and put y spin on it you know and this didn't really have that this was like a science fiction movie you know like this was basically was it john carter of mars right like mm -hmm. where some dude just gets transported to a different place and then has yeah. to like learn the new systems like because the second one had a heist didn't it second one did have a heist in it and like yeah. this one had a heist in it Technically, I guess I can't wait to rip that to shreds in the in the spoiler section, but like it didn't have like a clever spin on it the way I've become accustomed to, especially in the Ant Man films, where you do get a more grounded Marvel approach. I know saying grounded with a character that can shrink down to the size of an ant is frankly a stupid fucking thing to say, but <laughs> there was no there was no like them surprising me with with very much like all the surprises came in like character reveals and like you know past past uh histories with these characters yeah but there was no like messing with the form that i was expecting no i i would agree i would say there wasn't a lot of big things that like you know for me if i if i consider a movie that's like jaw dropping that like really introduced a lot of unique features like i want to see it again and i want to see it again asap like spider-man no way home i know that was a fan service movie but i wanted to see it again you know the week after and then you know i got the blu-ray and all that like this movie it it was good but it didn't really scratch that itch good enough for me to want to like see it. All. and maybe i'm getting that marvel burnout you were talking about you know we are what like a decade 13 years into it already uh some 15, 15 15 years this may that's when iron man 2 came out in 2000 
2008, right? Yeah, and, May and, 2008. And look how the movies of Phase 1 are compared to we're at the start of Phase 5. You know, totally different, you know, production values, uh, all that. And we're moving more and more towards the CGI age. And maybe that's a big part of this, you know? Well, I think... I think like the biggest departure from like those early phases, like honestly, it has nothing to do with like the quality of the movies. Like I, I don't think that that's what it is. Like it's not like oh the the CGI was better in older movies. It's like no, it wasn't. The reason those movies I think hold more weight to people is because those movies were about a real world that was infused with superheroes. Like Iron Man was a brand new concept that happened in our modern contemporary world, right? Mm -hmm. There was nothing not 2008 about that first Iron Man movie, except for <laughs> Iron Man himself, right? And now these movies, like, I really think the jump to, like, the near future was kind of a mistake, just because, like, they can literally explain anything by saying, like, oh, well, they're five years more advanced and post-Thanos and, and all this stuff. But, like, the, the, the awe and wonderment of, like, seeing a world you knew just, like, dabbled with superheroes, like, that's kind of over, just because, like, they kind of jumped the shark, like, respectfully. With the multiverse? Do you feel not even not even with the multiverse but just like with the like they took heroes and made them ordinary for the world yeah you know as, a, as opposed to what they were before when they were extraordinary but i mean in that same vein like at what point would we have gotten bored you know with with those with those uh heroes until we eventually just stopped caring mm -hmm. i think that's it's, a, it's great, a great question yeah yeah it's, it's a hard it's a hard balance but I, I i do agree my big thing is like putting quantum like to explain everything like you know quant you know the, it happened in the quantum verse or it happened in quantum manium like um it's it's like it, getting to a part where it was cool because we could put the science behind it but now it's like getting to a, a point where who knows yes the science doesn't even matter because it's all made yeah. up at this point right yeah 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 so but that's I the think... thing, like, they're getting too far away from, like, the real-world application of these heroes. Because, like, the original MCU was, like, that wasn't even based on the Marvel Universe. That was based on the Ultimate Universe, right? Like, that was, mm -hmm. like, the, the like, quick comic book history. But, like, a book called Stormwatch happened in, in the early 90s when Image was founded. That book did fine. And then this writer named Warren Ellis came on with an artist named Tom Rainey. They took over Stormwatch. And, like, that book existed despite low record numbers like low sale numbers because mm -hmm. like the editors were like dude we just thought this was cool as shit and we just wanted to find out where the story went and so warren ellis with his then artist collaborator this guy named brian hitch made a book called the authority and that was a movie that was recently greenlit by dc and announced to be coming to theaters in the next couple years and then that book like became the most important comic book everyone who read that thought it was the coolest thing ever and they were right mm -hmm. it was pretty fucking cool and so they just copied it and so like the ultimates came out and it was written by mark millar who was the second writer on the authority the person who followed warren ellis and it was drawn by brian hitch the artist on the the first run of the authority and they just did this they just like what if superheroes started in the year 2000 instead of 1960 right like let's bring them to the digital age instead of the atomic age mm -hmm. and that was the mcu the mcu was just like based on all these like hard like bleeding edge science fiction books and I think that's why, like, the first Iron Man is still regarded so highly because they really did just, like, make an action movie and then just, like, gave this dude, like, a super gun, basically, in the Iron Man armor. But, like, it was a recognizable world that, like, you felt you were a part of. And mm -hmm. I, I think we're kind of just getting away from that for better and for worse, right? Like, I... I kind of think of these as like football games now. And when I say that, I mean like there, there was one game, I think it was between the Rams and the Chiefs in like 2017. And it was the most fun I've ever had watching a football game. I think the final score was like 
51-49, something like close. that. But it came down to the last minute. Like, we just never seen that. It was like the two best offenses in football. Mm-hmm. And it was just a complete shootout. And I was just like, fuck, that is like the most fun I've had watching a football game in a long time. Mm-hmm. I've never gone back to rewatch that game, you know? And like, same thing, like uh, Spider-Man, the most recent one was Far From Home, right? Uh, No Way Home. Oh, oh, no way home, no way home. Uh, sorry, they all have home in the title now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's confusing. <laughs> uh, with No Way Home, like, I had a blast watching that movie, but, like, I, I don't mean to, like, disparage you, because I know you really liked it, that's rad, but, like, I have no impulse to go back and watch it, because the way Marvel's set up, it's almost like the next thing is more important than the thing you're currently doing. Oh, yeah, doing. yeah. And I, a yeah. lot of it, for me, was fan service. You know, I was a big fan of the Toby Spider-Man, so, like, yeah. getting him back... Getting, you know, Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin, that was like a dream come true for me. I was like, shit, like, sign me the fuck up. Like, I, and yeah. I think, I, you know, I told Stokes this before, too. Like, had we have not had those elements, No Way Home would have sucked. You know, I, you know, if we would not have had uh, Andrew Garfield and, and Tobey Maguire in it, would that movie have still been as good? Probably not, no. You know, if we didn't have no. uh, Andrew Garfield catching a fucking uh, MJ uh, like he did Gwen. With that, like that would have not been nearly as impactful. That was the okay, moment yeah. where you were like, "Oh my god!" Like, okay, he did yeah, it. that part. That part gutted me like a fish. Yeah, that you was know. Really so I, I like the movie, but hey, I, I'm not opposed to, to ripping it to shreds as well. Mm-hmm. And I think right now is a good time. So I mean, let's wrap up the non-spoiling. Let's begin, like you know, really starting to dig into this. So I mean, any final thoughts on this uh, before we uh, move on to spoiler takes? I'm. If, if this is the first movie of Phase 5, I'm all of a sudden reinvigorated in the MCU in a way that I wasn't during Phase 4. And I say that, like, having enjoyed most things from Phase 4. Mm-hmm. I think I'm a bit more forgiving with the material. And I think that honestly comes from reading a lot of comics. You know, like, not every issue of Batman is, like, a home-run knockout issue oh, of Batman. Oh, absolutely, so, yeah. You know, sometimes it's like, oh, that was... That was a fine way to spend 12 minutes reading that book, you know, like, and I'm not going to get mad that it wasn't like the greatest comic book I've ever read. And like, I'm not saying you shouldn't like demand more from your entertainment, but like this movie, I'm really excited. Like the last 10 minutes, the, the two like post credit scenes are probably like some of the most important Marvel things to happen in the yes. last two years. And I can't wait to talk about those. But like, it again, it feels just like setting up dominoes for the next thing if i if i had to put it some way but like i am so excited to see those dominoes now like based on on this movie you know i i think i I think i could agree with that too and you know maybe i watch this again and i give it a better score too but i still kind of feel like it it went more of a kang direction than it was an ant-man direction it's it's almost i i really don't know a better way to explain it it's like civil war you don't think of that as a captain america movie i don't like i i, I totally always forget that it's a captain america movie it totally is like um and maybe that's just because like i just think of it as civil war like the big fight but um like for me that i kind of get that same feeling like where it was good but it just it didn't quite feel like an ant-man movie side note uh like the dark knight do you think of that as a batman movie or as a joker movie you know, that's a really good question. I don't think I really ever took a chance to sit down and think about that. Uh, without the Joker, it would be nothing, though. I feel I feel like his performance is what made that movie. I hear you. And, like, I still think Heath Ledger's performance as a Joker is in, like, top five of anything. Like, I just, like, the amount of times I forgot that was Hugh Jackman. Or, wow, sorry. No, sorry. I just uh I just recorded like a an X-Men thing and so I, was, I still got Hugh Jackman on the right. The amount of times I forgot that was Heath Ledger, you know, mm-hmm. and I had to like remind myself, I'm like, 
fuck this is the dude from 10 things i hate about you like this is yeah dude like, like, like this is that guy you the know? heartthrob and, and like i never forgot it was jonathan majors just because he has like such a distinct presence but like man jonathan majors fucking crushed it he... in this movie god dude i kept thinking like dude his fucking work in creed is paying off you know yeah, what i mean like how, <laughs> how much more excited are you for creed now too oh my god dude he was a he was a beast he had so much emotion i would say the actors and actresses did such a good job of having emotion too uh mm -hmm. but you know with that being said let's let's go ahead we're going to be switching to our spoiler take so guys um post-production i'll have like something pop up right here but if you're watching uh feel free to uh dive out um, we'll give it a, just a few more seconds. Um, thank you to uh, my producer for bringing me my water. She wanted me to call her producer, so <laughs> if, she, if if you're listening in the other room, <laughs> that's cool. I uh, I record in my office, and when I say my office, like I've got like an arcade cabinet and a whole bunch of Gundam models that I've built. Uh, but I always refer to it on the podcast as Studio H. Mm -hmm. So, so are you? Uh, you do you like Iron Man? The movie? Yeah, like well, just the the like so like the MCU Iron Man. Oh yeah, no. I mean, like the MCU Iron Man out. was the the MCU Iron Man was so good. That, I, I uh, love the the Mark the, the Mark Marvel comics suit. completely changed the comic book character to just make him Robert Downey Jr. You know, like dude, this is like one of my favorite suits when it first became uh self uh what is it propulsion or whatever where it like first mm -hmm. started coming to him. Yeah. Man, that shit was really cool. Uh, I was just watching, I think Infinity War was on TV. I was like taking notes. I'm recording another podcast after this, like with, uh, with my mm -hmm. buddy Carlos. We're talking Spider-Man, Doc Ock, year one. Pretty excited. But like uh, Infinity War was on. And just like seeing him like blow, like I think Nanites was what he did. Like when he blows a mm -hmm. hole in the side of the ship to shoot Evan Maya. And he just like basically has like a fire extinguisher that just shoots like little metal yeah, particles yeah. At, at the hole like that's the thing where i'm like ah oh, fuck like they actually jumped the shark way before i i even realized it like because mm -hmm. uh, like that's it, close to because he has a god mode suit doesn't he in the comics kind of yeah yeah i think it was the kieran gillen run in like 2012 i think that's when that i don't know up, you're, you're my comic guy so that's why i like i, I just read <laughs> something like uh the nano suit uh that we seen in endgame was like close to his final suit or one of the final suits he has. Mm. Like, I don't know. But, um, yeah, let, let's uh, let, let's begin. I think right now is good enough time for... If you're listening by at this point, sorry. Um, so, spoiler. Um, real quick before we start kind of going plot by plot point. Uh, I mean... I... Shoo. So... I don't know. Do you want to start? Sure. You got any spoiler hot takes? Um, spoiler hot takes... I am so fucking sick of movies that don't shoot on location. And, like, I understand that, like, oh, they're in the quantum realm. That's not a real place. Jackass, you can't film on location there. Sure. But, like, just give me some fucking sets to work with. Like, let so, me see characters in, like, an actual physical space that's defined by physics and just, like, matter. Like, let me just see something real. That's, like, my but, biggest hot take. And I'm not over that yet. As much when as I, I uh, when I made the uh, comment, we're in the age of CGI. That's exactly what I meant. Because Iron yeah. Man, like a lot of that was shot on set, right? A lot of it, mm -hmm. like, was actual, like you know, in a cave or you know, whatever, like close to that. Uh, and like this, like you could you could tell, you know, that we're getting to a point where I don't know, like you could tell, you could tell, like, yeah, obviously they're not in some quantum realm, but it's like a CGI green room, like you know. 
Yeah, and like, I don't even know if there was like actual dust on the ground or if that was CGI too. And like, honestly, I just think it's like harder for the actors, like to not be in like a real place. And like, I'm not saying like Paul Rudd would have given a better performance if he was like on dusty ground or whatever with like weird fake cactuses or whatever mm -hmm. around him. But like, I don't know, man, like how much of this movie costs? And like, this is like what you're doing. And like the granted, like the credit scene took like 12 minutes to get through to get, you know, to like the second stinger at the end there. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, honestly, the what makes it look fake, I don't even think is a CGI. I think it's like the lighting they do on the actual humans to like reflect mm -hmm. the surroundings. And I don't, I don't think it should matter, but like it does kind of matter because like the Iron Man suit in the first movie, like that should look real. I don't know about you. Like when I it saw looked, that in theaters, it like, looked fire, dude. Yeah, it looks so good. Granted, I was 18 and probably a little high, but like it looked fucking great. And like this stuff, I, I don't know. That is probably my my biggest issue is just like the, the general look. But at the same time, like it was just like a sci fi story in a weird world. And I thought it was like a really imaginative place the quantum realm i mean it was like i saw cool weird shit but like it was also just kind of like i i wish that i'm not saying to like build a giant glob monster because like i don't know how you fucking do that but it, it just put him in like a real prison cell put him in like a real mm -hmm. room like that that like do the things you can do not the things you can't do so i felt uh kang should have been um janet's love interest and not bill murray's character I felt that uh, was kind of, I felt that was weird. I felt just having Bill Murray, uh, just to have him be B Bill in the, in the show for five minutes. And mm -hmm. then we have all that tension built up between them two. You can't tell me they didn't fuck. Like they, they absolutely <laughs> fucked. I mean, she says so. She said like, I was gone 30 years. I had needs. But she was talking about with Bill, not with Kang. Yes. And yes. Okay. Sorry. I, th I thought you were talking about her and Bill. Yeah. How do you not fuck Jonathan Major? They had more chemistry than her and Bill did. Like, she For was sure. basically like, Bill's like a douche. Like, fuck this dude. But her and Kang, like, spent time together in a cave. No, man, J Jonathan's... J Jonathan Majors, like, his fucking biceps had biceps. His pecs oh had God. biceps. That dude, yes. that dude is just muscle. Like, I don't understand, like, physically the way how he, like, works. It's incredible. Like, that dude is such a fucking babe. Like, of course... In the way he talked like to her, a, dude. And he's a rocket scientist. Like, and he's also, like, the smartest person ever. He, he's like, like I'll, I'll get you out of here to your home. I got butterflies. I'm like, okay, okay, keep it yeah, up. But yeah, I, you I, can take me home. Yeah, I, I felt that was a missed opportunity. I felt like that would have added a lot more weight to it. And here's another hot take. I felt like either Scott should have died, or yeah. him and um, Hope should have got left in the quantum. I thought they were getting stuck there at the end. I thought they were gonna get sure. stuck, and I felt like the fact that they came back. A kind of we need more loss in movies I feel and maybe I'm jaded maybe it's because it's 15 years and like we've seen a couple people die but how many people uh Black Widow she's gone Vision came back uh Gamora came back um I mean who all really died you know Tony Stark is rumored to be coming back at some point during Secret no, Wars all the, all the all, I mean all the villains died like I caught that fucking Iron Man 3 on FX today Guy Pierce sure as shit died yeah you know? yeah but that's not that's not like people we really cared about you know, we 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 didn't like, you know, we like I, Scott like Ant Man died. I, I go been, to like, the mats for Guy Pierce. I, I okay, fucking all love right. that guy. But uh, no, your your point is very very well taken. Um, 
I thought for sure he was going to get stuck there or they were both going to get stuck there. And I kind of would have liked that, to be honest. Like, one of my favorite comic books ever is Young Avengers. Mm-hmm. And that was done um, when Scott Lang had died in the comics. He was killed uh, during, like, the Avengers disassembled arc. And then it was, like, Cassie who was just, like, looking to get answers. And that was when she became the hero Satcher. And so, like, the only ant-type person in the Marvel Universe for a bit, there was, like, Hank Pym who was being Yellow Jacket or whatever. But it was really, like, Cassie's thing. And, like, I think... I think it would have given her character more weight if she had like that role to fill, you know, like Mm -hmm. if there's an absence of Scott, like all of a sudden Cassie has to like belly up and measure up to it. I would have really liked that. I thought for sure they were going to get left behind. And also it just kind of made it seem like, like it was inconsequential. Like that fight that he got into with Kang just like didn't matter. Cause like, the gate didn't close like they she opened it back up like literally three seconds after yeah. a really fucking dramatic you're never going home again scott moment happened and it's like oh nope she just redialed the fucking phone number to get back to the quantum realm and all yes. of a sudden everything's okay and i felt like had that have happened i probably would have shot my five up to a seven i'm gonna be honest with you i i like we didn't see enough people like there wasn't enough weight to this like dude when the snap when thanos snapped that was one of the most pivotal moments in comic book history, like movie-wise, because like everyone died. The villain won. The villain succeeded. And yeah. uh, what happened here? Maybe some people from the quantum realm that we would have never seen in other Marvel movies ever again because they're micro, you know? Um, I don't know. It's almost like like Rogue One. So I'm I, and this might be a hot take too. Rogue One, like if it wasn't like if it would have happened in the timeline, like it should have, like if it would have came out in between the what was it? Um. What, what movie was that? Three and four, right? Yes. So if it would have came out in that time frame, would it have been as good? Or is it only good because it came out, you know, so many years later and it's just like we're fanboying over it, you know? It's filling that little pie. Yeah, I think that's fair. I also think, like, they kind of shot themselves in the foot because, like, one of the greatest movie moments of all time is definitely, like, the two towers mm-hmm. when, like, Gandalf shows up at the top of the hill, you know, with, like, the sunlight. And then he's got fucking Carl Urban with him. I forget his name in the movie. But he's just like, he stands alone. He's like, but not alone. <laughs> and, and then, like, they all just, like, charge down. Like, I could have seen, like, a, a third act. All of a sudden, the entire quantum realm is, like, expanded into the, the our universe to, like, help fight Kang, led by, mm-hmm. like, a ragged-ass Scott and, and Hope. Oh, that would such a perfect... But, but now that moment's gone. I mean, like, that would have been not that different than, like, everyone coming back from the snap and Endgame. Mm-hmm. So, like, now that I say it out loud, I'm like, okay, we kind of already did that. But, like, one, I think it, like, kind of limits your options in terms of, like, where the narrative can go. And two, you're right. Like, there is not enough stake. Like, the... There is no real stake in Wakanda Forever. Yes, right? like, true. That, that kind of, like, just except, ended in, like, a, a Except her killing her own people because she was like, hey... Let's send everyone on a boat in the middle of the ocean and put the ball in his court. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Besides that, it's just like, oh, man, I don't know if T'Challa would have done that. Um, but, like, No Way Home had, like, real stakes, right? Mm-hmm. It may die. Right? Because, right? like, can we spoil that movie? We... Yeah, yeah. That's been out for almost a year, I think. Okay, cool. Yeah, like, everyone, like, fucking forgot his name. You know, like, he lost everything. He lost Aunt May. He lost... MJ, he lost Ned, he lost all of his friends, he lost everyone who ever knew him ever, like, I mean, that's not the same thing as, like, Peter dying, but, like, everything that made him Peter that we know him died, so, like, that has to count for something, right? Like, that has weight to it, and then you're right, with this movie, just not a whole lot of weight. Well, even, um, dude, uh, what, uh, uh, Multiverse of Madness, 
uh scarlet witch uh she, she well she died for now but um you know she she self-sacrificed herself like that held some weight to it especially if you watch like wandaverse and such but um even seeing kind of like the dead strange like you know he died like we seen him die we seen the illuminati get slaughtered like you know there there was some pretty and a lot of that was fan service and such but it's still like people dying uh and i felt like you know going up against kang the conqueror uh and and in marvel comics he's a big deal right he's one of my favorite villains in comics that like i i gotta be honest i barely know anything about because like the dude is just so fucking confusing as far as comics go <laughs> it's like the I think the first story I read with him in it, because like I read comics as a kid, but it was just like what I could find at a gas station or like a grocery store. And even then I was mostly just into like Spider-Man books and uh, like Star Wars comics. That was all I really cared about. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I started going to the shop every week in like 2003, 2004, 2005, like that range. And so he was in Young Avengers, which is the first story I read with him. But then I went back and read Avengers volume three, like the shit that led up to before like Avengers disassembled and new Avengers and all that stuff. And there was like this... I want to say like 15 to 18 issue long arc with Kang. Mm -hmm. That was just like the coolest shit I ever read. And so like that was by Kurt Busiek and I want to say George Perez. I think it was like the end of that their run together. But it was like the most epic fucking thing ever. I'm just like, oh man, Kang, Kang like Kang, whatever he does, he, he comes to play. Like this dude hates losing, does it a lot in the comics, mm -hmm. unfortunately. But like, man, it's always really close. <laughs> it's always really close right before he loses. And so this dude is just like epic and just like fights on a scale that like, it's just like hard to wrap your head around. Cause like, you know how like art does that, right? Where it's just like, mm -hmm. oh, well like, of, like the, they can only be as smart as a person writing them, right? Like whenever yeah. you're reading like a Sherlock Holmes story or whatever, it's like, oh, it's actually, or like a Clouseau for like, you know, one, one of those Agatha Christie books. But it's like, Kang is just like so sadistic and so fucking twisted. And like, we got to see some of that twisted, but we also didn't didn't really get to see him be twisted. Mm -hmm. Like, that's like one of my complaints about this Kang is like, oh, he just basically started like the Tron movie in the quantum realm. Right? Like, oh, he's got- We these only got the, the very small flashbacks of him. Uh, like when uh, Janet like touched the machine and she got the flash in her head. Mm -hmm you only got the very brief glimpses of him actually conquering. Yeah, and it's like, oh, he's got these cops with, like, weird TV heads, you know, just, like I said, like, just out of Tron Legacy or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, like, we didn't really see him be sadistic. We saw him be, like, a dickhead, but we didn't see him, like, be sadistic. Like, it's really just, like, taking someone's word for it. And, like, we just, we saw him shoot a couple guns, and I think we saw some planets explode. But, like, I guess, like, what I'm talking about, like, in the quantum realm, like all like that like camp of like refugees that like Scott mm -hmm. and Cass were like taken to. Like I still don't really know what he did. I don't think he really did any. So uh, I I like my biggest thing is I think he didn't even care about the refugees. He was just looking for Scott because Janet mm -hmm. uh, mentioned she she would talk about uh, what Scott and Hope or maybe mm -hmm. just Hope one of the two and uh, like Kang's been looking for them ever since. That was like kind of the big message I got from it. Uh, so like mm -hmm. as soon as they landed, that's why she's like, we gotta find Scott and Cassie because he's looking for us. Like, um, you know, and I felt like it gave me, and I do a lot of Star Wars comparisons for some reason, but do you remember uh, I th the, the Star Wars and I cannot think of her name. She had the purple hair. Uh, and she was like, uh, she was like, I, I got a plan, but she didn't have a plan. She, oh, and she, Haldo, Haldo. Yes, in, uh, the, and how, Jedi, yeah. yes, and how she handled Poe, and it, it's like felt like, like the my same girl, thing. Laura Dern. Yeah, like like Janet like handled it the same exact way. She's like, you could have told them this, 
at the start and let them know what we're up against. And she's like, nah, I'm going to wait till they're already getting fucked up. Then they're going to find I'm gonna out. I'm gonna defend Holdo in this situation because she's fucking leading the fleet. She shouldn't have to tell anyone what the fuck she's doing. She's a goddamn admiral of the resistance. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude, but Michelle Pfeiffer really dropped the ball here. You know, <laughs> like uh, I think this is like one of my biggest problems. But it's also like really accurate to the comics, right? Where I mean, I guess in a sense, really accurate to the comics, where it's just like, oh man, they had a big fight. Turns out it was just a big misunderstanding. You know, or like a complete lack of communication. Mm-hmm. And this was just another, like, they wouldn't be there if she could better communicate what happened and what she had to do to get out and why either you can't go back or why we need, all need to go back together to liberate this place. But she basically did, like, condemn an entire universe to... Yes. To, to a pretty, pretty shit existence. And then she yes. just fucking <laughs> turned the lights off and just bounced, you know? <laughs> like, so, um, real quick, while we still have a couple minutes on the clock... Uh, let's just kind of uh, go through a little bit of the plot, too, uh, since we still have you here. So, you know, uh, we have uh, Janet, we have Hope, we have Cassie, Scott, and Hank all together. Uh, they're in the basement, I think, right, with that little, the I forgot what it was called, the quantum cube, we'll call it. Uh, sending a satellite uh, signal into the quantum realm to, to you know, just kind of map it out. I thought that was an interesting thing. I thought, like, when they, she explained it, I was like, that, that's kind of cool. That seems like something that would be, like, we would do, right? You're, you're skipping over something really important where they totally ripped off Back to the Future Part 2 and they like made a little mini pizza and then expanded it with pin particles. Yes, okay. Okay, <laughs> you know, I totally did not catch that, so I'm happy you did. No, yeah, and uh, he, what did he say? He's like, it saved us a couple bucks. Like, I dude, it saved us eight bucks. It's like, dude, you're fucking Michael Hank Douglas is, is the best. I love him as Hank, dude. <laughs> I love him as Hank. So um, basically, things go wrong. You know, we have Janet. She's like, no, don't do that and shuts it off. I kind of felt it was weird, though, that she shut it off and they were able to still come back through it, though. Like, how was he able to do that? I'm not going to pretend to understand the nuances of the uh, Pym Particle effect on the Quantum Realm. Um, That part did seem a little, like, choppy. And then also, like... I don't know, like, I'm still pissed at Michelle Pfeiffer, but I'm also pissed at them for not, like, believing Michelle Pfeiffer in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, you Why told wouldn't us you not believe to believe her. Fu- <laughs> well, yeah, she's like, she told you, like, just fucking leave it alone. Like, it's a bad she was, place. She's so, down there forever. Back like, there. yeah, she's down there for 30 years. You think she doesn't know how shitty it is there? It's like, yeah, just like, probably trust her on this. Like, I guess I just don't understand the value of exploring mm-hmm. the quantum realm. You know, like, I think, I think there was a mention of it where, like, uh, Michael Douglas was talking about it. He's just like, this completely rewrites everything we thought we knew about evolution, blah, 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 like, all this stuff. But, like, that wasn't a good enough reason for me about, like, why they'd want to do this to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I was kind of thrown off, like, how Cassie, you know, now she's, like, a political act- activist, which I felt that was in- right, you know, with character. Uh, getting in jail, thrown in jail all the time. But Scott, like, wasn't interested in being a hero. He more or less wanted to sit and sell his book. And, you know, the way he was in Civil War, like, wanting to help Captain, wanting to do this, and now, like, this movie, he's, like, kind of, like needed a kick in the ass like i i just felt that was kind of out of character too maybe and maybe, maybe i'm wrong um i don't know maybe that that's just how i, I felt. thought that was out of character and it kind of seemed like he stopped being a hero so he could be a better dad but like he still like he didn't know his fucking kid at all like he, yes. he just like straight up didn't know cast despite walking away from the hero life and i guess you're right like i guess it was really just to sell his book which like sucks it sucks that that's the reason i didn't you can actually was, like, buy funny. that book i think you could set, you could buy it on amazon right now uh, that's kind of cool i might actually do that i might actually uh, I, be, I was thinking it'd be pretty sweet for the bookshelf next to like my <laughs> ir- irredeemable ant-man complete collection or whatever but um 
like it was just weird that like he stepped away from the superhero life to be a, a presumably a better father in addition yes. to also like writing a book but, but he's he not just, like he's just a shitty dad like he the didn't know anything knew. yeah the grandparents knew more that like he didn't even realize Cass had a suit he didn't realize how many times Cass has been in jail yeah. and like I don't know how the how, how do you not know that also jail, didn't know jail. that she, he didn't know that she was like a fucking rocket surgeon that could like ex explore the quantum realm through yes like, a, like you said like a cube like he seemed kind of shocked by that oh yeah that, that part was a little frustrating I do think the movie's still good though like I do yeah, think yeah, it's yeah, entertain yeah. entertaining also did you did it feel like a standalone movie to you so I mean I, I, and I don't really felt like it felt like a trilogy movie either. So I guess I do see it more like a like Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp go together. Like this one kind of like I said, it doesn't feel like an Ant-Man movie like that's, you know, in the non-spoiler take. I, I really meant that I, I felt like this was an introduction to Kane, uh, an introduction like to, to show who he is. Uh, and like it focused on that pretty heavily. Like, it, you know, Scott, it didn't even really feel like him at the end. When he's like, "Oh, this isn't gonna be a big deal," I was, I was literally like t looking at my girlfriend, like, "What the fuck is he doing? Why is he not letting them like calling an Avenger right now?" I'm like, "Yo, we should be yeah. concerned." He yeah. let it go, and it's like, dude, this is a fucking big deal. Also, that's like literally what got Janet into the same exact problem you're yes. about to find yourself in. Yes, yeah. yes. So, um, after uh, the, after they get sucked into the quantum realm, we see you know Scott and Cass they get uh, stranded on their own. Uh, we see Hope, uh, Janet, and we see Hank. Um, they kind of meet this resistance, and uh, well, maybe they meet the resistance after. No, they yeah, they go to the uh, bar uh, and meet Lord Kryler. So that was uh, Janet's love interest during the thirty years she was down there. Uh, they get set up. Uh, he sets you know them up for uh, Kang, uh, and uh, I I forgot. You know, it was interesting how they broke away, but I forgot what Hank did. I know he breaks away at some point too, right? Hank um, throws like a Pym <laughs> particle expander thing on like that weird little octopus cocktail it, it, it that takes Bill, a, Bill Murray drank. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it, it grabbed him up. Uh, Bill Murray, I love him to death, but he was just Bill Murray in this. And I feel like that's his role in every single movie like thus far. He was literally the same person he played in Space Jam. Yes. Like, he yes. was, he, he was Krylar. It, like, it, it quotes around Krylar but like nah man he was just they fucking hired Bill Murray to be Bill Murray you know so this is uh so they they steal a ship they leave very I thought it was humorous too with uh Hank having you like it looked like two flashlights uh yeah, like really <laughs> uh so uh then we switch over and then that's when uh uh Scott and Cassie they meet the rebellion so I was wrong about that but and I thought that was really interesting too uh, we see Scott not wanting to help them get it, getting attacked. Cassie, of course, is on the other hand, she's a political activist. So this was right up her alleyway. And uh, this is, you know, they end up in jail. So this is where shit really starts hit, hitting the fan. And I felt like this is where we really started seeing a lot more of the serious nature of this. Uh, you know, where, you know, Cass is getting forced, choked by Kang. Uh, we have Scott like, don't do that to my daughter. I'll do whatever you want. And then, like you said, this is when the heist happens. You know, we find out that Janet... Uh, and Kang have a very intensive history together. You know, he crash landed there. He was exiled there. Um, and that was because of why, why again was he exiled? Um, it was because, um, uh, what was he it was, from Loki? It, I think it was from Loki, but like he was exiled because he was the one who was like killing all the other variants of Kang, right? Mm -hmm. Like was, was he the one that remained, he who remains like that character from Loki so, or was he, this is confusing. Like I'm a comic yes. book nerd. But, like, I don't know if this is that Kang who, like, technically died or whatever at the end of Loki's I, I want to say that's, like, my interpretation was, like, 
I thought that's why he got exiled because he got killed by them and he was deemed too weak. Yeah, because um, but... he was killing killing all the other timelines, yes. right? Like he was suppressing the multiverse. So, um, and we don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. That's still the question and error, right? Like, I, I like is is it has it been dictated if that's good or bad? Like, he could very well be saving them from like because he. Based on the end scene, like it seemed like a good thing that he was doing it. Yes, based on yes. like the, uh, the the post credit scene, right? Because it's it's always it's been like uh, back in that you know that, there's something far worse than me. So we uh you know we're at the point where they're in jail, <laughs> and things are starting to get pretty crazy. We uh, meet uh, Modok. Um, did I say that right? Yeah, Modok. Modok. Yeah. So how did you feel about Modok? I understood that Modok was supposed to look weird. I felt stretching. The, and I don't know the actor's name. I loved him in the first Ant-Man, though. I thought he was a great villain. Um, yeah. But seeing his face stretched to fit just felt so uncanny. It just felt gross. It was gross. The character is supposed to be gross. I don't know how many comics you've read with Modoc in it. I've seen enough like, images where I know he looks gross, but that looked like... I don't know how to explain it. Like I feel just, like they could... In the comics, he looked like a monster in the in the thing, right? And mm -hmm. I think he was supposed to. And like part of that is like Jack Kirby drawing him super exaggerated, like all these weird angles on his face. But like, yeah, it looked weird here. Like it looked like a fisheye lens, right? Like it, yes. it looked like he was un under like a weird magnifying glass, mm -hmm. and it was a little peculiar. Um, I also I like that they made him like an actual threat though. Like he was like not terrifying looking, but like he was a terrifying character, especially when he was, he was like a armored beast. up. Yes. Yeah, he was threat. He was actually threatening in a way that he kind of isn't in the comics. He's more of like a more of a dictator in the isn't comics. Isn't he uh, like, an Iron Man uh, villain? Yeah, he's a uh, like usually leads AIM, Advanced Idea Mechanics. Like that's usually his his corner that he likes to work. And he's just like a, a head scientist guy who's supposed to be like literally like a brain. Even though I think he's called like a mental organism designed only mm -hmm. for killing in the comics, and they change it to mechanized. In the yes, yes, yes. So uh, you know, my biggest thing is like. It feels like Marvel, when they get these villains, they're more interested in the facial expressions than, like, making them look weird. We had that kind of happen with Gore, where uh, Christian Bale, you know, it looked more like Christian Bale than Gore looked in the comics. Like, you know, we didn't even have any of the tentacles off the head, which maybe yeah. that would have been too hard to do. But it felt like it was done more so we could see his facial expressions. And I think that was kind of like the same thing with here, because if he would have kept his mask on, he was menacing. Like, when yeah. I seen the, the mask, I was like, damn, dude, this dude looks like a beast. Uh, but, you know, I really love the humorous side. You know, the Darren, Darren's not a dick. I, I fed into that so much. I was like, let's go, Darren. I I agree. Like, that scene, like, it's getting fucking torched online, right? Like, this is, oh, this is the guy who's writing uh, Secret Wars. Like, get mm -hmm. ready. Like, things are about to suck. And it's just like the still of Cassie saying, don't be a dick. I thought it worked really well in the movie. I think her delivery is, like, a little strange. But, like, it also felt like a kid. Like a kid, like she was like aspiring to be like her dad when he was yeah. reading the book in the beginning, right? Where like he's like giving advice. Like it very much sounds like a self-help book and like mm -hmm. an inspirational don't be a dick as opposed to like, dude, don't be a dick. You know, like I, I thought like it was very fitting and like I actually liked that moment quite a bit. I really thought I it was a good I redemption. Don't, I, don't get why it, I don't get why it's getting blown up. So basically we have uh, Kang demanding that Scott uh, gets the core. It's pretty much, I, I forgot what he named it, but it's the core to a ship that enables him to be able to leave the quantum verse. Uh, so Scott, and it's, 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 it's a, I really thought that was cool. How when um, Janet discovered, she saw the vision of Kang conquering worlds. She took it and she, uh, what, um, exploded it. She uh, yeah. enlarged it. Supersized it. Yeah, yes, it yes. The, 
enlarging to particles. And I thought that was such a cool thing, like seeing the core like enlarged in that, and then Scott having to travel into it. What was your thoughts when he was down there and he was kind of losing himself? Uh, like for you, like how did that scene feel? I I think I liked it. It also felt like you remember that cartoon, The Tick. Yeah, yeah. There's one one episode where he gets like knocked <laughs> into space and he's he's having like a little like existential crisis moment, mm -hmm. and it's just like him talking to another version of The Tick that's like floating with like six little wings or whatever because he's like such a big dumb fat head he needs more wings. Like it kind of <laughs> felt like that a little bit. Mm -hmm. I thought that scene maybe went on a little too long. This was like the thing I was complaining about where like they basically like, oh, it had to be Ant-Man because it's, it's got to be a heist. You know, like it's a heist of sorts. Like, no, it's fucking not a heist. Like, yeah, don't, don't, a heist. Call, don't insult heist by calling this a heist. I've seen Ocean's Eleven. This shit is not a heist. Mm -hmm. You know, I love Ocean's Eleven. That's a perfect movie. Borderline perfect movie. Yeah. So I um, thought, but, you know, I, I don't think it was a cardinal sin, but I thought it was a missed opportunity. And, you know, I, I said it to Stokes and he didn't agree. So feel free to let me know, too. But I thought when he looked at himself and re they were having that conversation, they should have been like, look at us. Who would ever thought? Like, I thought it would have been yeah. perfect. <laughs> I thought that would have landed perfect. And I remember looking at my girl being like, ah, that sucks. Missed opportunity. Well, I mean, if they did the Spider-Man meme in... Uh no way home like i don't know why they couldn't have done yes, that. But, yes i mean granted yes. like that's not like that existed in like spider-man canon i guess mm -hmm. right and then like that was just that was on what hot ones yeah right? yeah yeah yep. okay so like I, I don't know if that uh legally could have appeared in that movie i'm sure hot <laughs> ones would have taken a, a killer check to allow it to appear but uh, I think you're right. I think that's a missed opportunity. Also, like um, when uh, Hope showed up and she was just kind of like she figured it out faster. I really loved uh, her coming to the rescue, though. Like the yeah, symbolism in that. that is so, so well done. Absolutely. But um, yeah, yeah. Her being able to just do it so fast, though, was a little bit like, you know. Not even that, but it was just like the fact that like it just seemed like she didn't struggle. Like, I, I guess mm -hmm. like that's the part I'm confused about. But also like in the in the movie, like she's smarter than scott so like it's actually like not that surprising she has a lot like it, it, she's it held together sense. a lot more yeah. too you know what i mean he's kind of like a loose yeah. cannon uh but seeing him drown in a sea of himself though i thought that was pretty i thought that was like some pretty deep uh symbolism and maybe I i'm looking that was at cool it too yeah, yeah. so uh, i wish there was I, more than sorry i just i wish there was like more than the one baskin robbins worker you know yes, like I, yes like i wish there was a bit more variety as opposed to just like eight million ant-mans and the one baskin robbins worker i really loved uh seeing the boss too like the cameos he made like employee of the century <laughs> like you know that was like the part of ant-man that i loved and i wish we would have had i wish we would have just had hector just for a, a, a small bit and I feel like they could have done the cameo unless there was like some sort of cro contract, like obligations or something that was messed up. I don't know that. I know shit got complicated because like I think Ti was on trial for like him and his wife for assault about like kidnapping someone. I don't know. It was really complicated and it like hurt my feelings because. Like, but I Hector love... had such a pivotal. Like Hector was like narrating. I would yeah. listen to a movie of him just narrating the entire MCU. You know, I was just trying to think of him like trying to like figure out a way to get that crew together because like these are the only movies where we will ever see those characters so the mm -hmm. fact that we had to wait like what seven years for an ant-man movie five years for an ant-man movie it was a long time yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't remember when when two came out the fact that we had to wait this long and we didn't even get the characters we were hoping to see like that that part was like the one russian like, oh, guy oh, was the whole dude he was the uh pink blob yeah, dude. The, the, the goopy monster yeah uh probably my favorite new addition by the way to mm -hmm. the mcu recently i thought that character was i got great. holes like dude yeah. i fucking loved it and, like, I loved drink it. The, drink the ooze was fucking incredible. That yes, so yes, yes. So we pretty much get to a part where Hope saves Scott. 
Uh, they're able to fix the core, and uh, things are getting pretty climatic. We see um, all out war happening, right? They take try to take on this, this, uh, the Citadel, and I really enjoyed seeing it. Like, you know, I've seen a lot of people comparing uh, Scott as Giant Man, like the new Giant Man, or maybe... Uh, I forgot what they said, but like Hank actually being the real Ant-Man because he that's when he comes in on the legions of ants and I thought it was cool, but it left me wondering if it was just there for sake of plot, uh, like if they needed a way to take out Kang because mm -hmm. I, I understand ants falling down with them, but how were they able to build up thousands of years of technology and civilization and then, you know, Scott and Hank weren't. Like, the I, thing they the, the thing they said was like because like I think they went to a different part of the quantum realm where time moved faster, so mm -hmm. they were able to evolve. Like he called them a class two galactic yeah, he, civilization, yes. which is like an actual term where it's like they basically figured out. I think like I think class two is like you can absorb like ninety percent or something of like your planet's resources, and so like basically like this guy in like the sixties or seventies talked about like he did like a map right like anthropologically about like okay here's like what it means to be like a galactic power and like mm -hmm. actually defined it and so by calling them class two like we are currently barely class zero you know like we're still like burning fossil fuels in a way that's just like extremely inefficient and like mm -hmm. class two is like they built half a dyson sphere to extract like 90 percent of the effective energy from their orbiting sun like it, that, that's a, it, a dyson sphere is like a, that's an artificial sun yeah. isn't it uh, no, Dyson Sphere, I believe, is like a device that is wrapped around a sun to okay, absorb yes, yes, all yes. the energy. And it, like that powers your civilization. And so it's just like, oh, that's like some wild shit you're actually talking about. That's kind of cool. And it's kind of nuts that like ants did that. And then he had that little joke about it, like, I know socialism is like a charged word right now, but they yeah. got some good ideas, which like, I don't know. He's like a 60 year old man living in Berkeley. So like, yeah. fucking, of course, he'd feel that way, <laughs> you know? So did you how did you feel? You know, because we can kind of jump ahead a little bit. We don't really need to focus on the ins and outs. Like, right at the end when Kang is defeated, you know, I felt like, you know, it was going to be... I And I really enjoyed when Cassie went giant for the first time. She was only able to maintain it for a little bit before she passed out. I thought that was a nice throwback yeah. to when Scott first did it. But, I mean, when Kang, you know, he was beating their asses and then he overcame by ants. Like, do you feel like maybe that was a, a, like a shortcoming or do you think that hit the mark? I think it made... I think it was good i i think it was interesting but it was one of those things where it's like dude you couldn't have gotten here like six minutes earlier like do you have any idea how many people died because he took your sweet ass time with mm -hmm. these hands uh to me it kind of made sense but like i i don't think ants should have beaten kang but i think ants should have fucked up things enough around kang and i guess that is kind of what happened but you're right it still was a little unsatisfying but then like they like hank and and kang had like that fucking apollo or sorry, that Creed Three preview, right in the control room. Oh, uh, right, like uh the, Scott. Yes, yeah, sorry, sorry, Scott. And, oh no, you're and good, Kang. you're good, dude. Michael Douglas probably could throw. He when he uh, he hit dude in the nose in the first one, right? He uh, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, like that fight scene was brutal in in this movie. Like just like watching Jonathan Majors like literally beat the piss beat. out of Scott. I loved it. I loved it. And you're not God, supposed to love getting the, the protagonist getting getting beaten, but that's what we needed. And that's why I said he deserved to die in this game, or he at least to deserve to get stuck. Because, uh, you know, Kane, Kane got... And I loved how they, they handled Kang for the last time. Hit him with the, the fusion core or whatever, and then and then uh, enlarged him with it, or got it stuck on him. I thought that was an awesome way to kind of like, you know, the big F you to him, but... 
I wanted to see that happen to Scott too. I felt like there just was like we we lost people that wasn't they weren't pivotal to the MCU at all. <laughs> I was a little confused too. Can you explain this to me? Like when Kang, quote unquote, died or whatever. Did you see that Rick and Morty episode where like the battery won't start for his car, so he goes inside because he built a, a mini universe to power his car? And then it turns out <laughs> he's, the, the he's like, that's a lot of extra steps or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then like the people in that universe built their own mini universe. And that's why like his car battery won't start because like mm -hmm. everyone is just like, dude, like Russian dolls just like inside one another. Like, did he just go into whatever's beneath the quantum realm? Is that what happened? Because that was I'm the reading I got. I'm not exactly sure. And if, if that happened, like what implications does that mean? Yeah, does he just fuck up the, the, the nano realm? Like, is that what's next for him? And that, to just, and, oh, just conquer that. And Darren's dead, right? Like, Darren's gone. I don't think he he's... Or, <laughs> yeah, or was... Or, I think he's dead, yeah. Yeah, because, I, dude, I, I love the meme about him being Avenger. Like, I, I love yeah. seeing the endgame, like, photo shots of him, like, like coming in through a circle. Like, don't be a dick. Um, You know, <laughs> overall, like, at the end, I kind of... That's, like... That's the part that really fucking lost me, though, when he's walking... And he's like, well, what did he mean? Like, there's going to be worse coming. And doesn't even think twice to, like, tell anybody. Like, does does any of the other Avengers know this happened? They probably should. I feel like there should be, like, a log, you know? <laughs> Just like, oh, hey, here's the weird shit I saw today. Let me know if this is too weird. Like, there, there well, should like, be, like a, like, a group chat, you know? Because it's like, he doesn't have a care in the world. And, like, he almost got killed. Like... They, yeah. they, they, and like Janet told him, like this dude conquers universes, and they were told there's more of them coming. Uh, now at the very end, we got a sneak peek of three of them, and uh, there was a that. What was the name of that issue I sent you? Uh, that's a series just I think called Kang the Conqueror by Jackson Kelly. Some, some Jackson Lanzig. Hold on, sorry, I'm bringing yeah, yeah. up the issue right now. Kang the Conqueror, only myself left to conquer. So. Uh, those were that was a direct nod to that, right? Or at least I'm I'm saying that because I seen one had the Egyptian Egyptian crown, so I at least so felt that, that is a, that is actually a character named Ramatut who first appeared in the Fantastic Four back in '63, I think '64 maybe, but that was like they called him the uh, the Pharaoh from the future, and he was just like a time traveling Pharaoh, and so like the three characters we saw were uh, Ramatut. Chronos, and then I can't remember. I think he's Dude, called like the Scarlet Centurion. Do you I think, think we're character. gonna? Do you think we're gonna get the Fantastic Four when we get Ramatut? Probably, yeah. Because because it's been it's been it's been rumored. It's been rumored. We've had you know here and there. We had the the, the what? There was a leak of Doctor Doom. They thought was gonna be in um uh Wakanda Forever. Like mm -hmm. I remember seeing a a leak and it showed Doctor Doom like choking someone. And like everyone's like, this is gonna be in Black Panther, like. But like, dude, that would make sense. Like, I'm just wondering yeah. how they would do it. Would it be through an incursion? Uh, that I don't know, because in the comics, like, those are all Kang, just from like different phases of his life. Like, Kronos is him as like an old man. Scarlet Centurion is him as like 30s, I, I want to say. And then like Ramatut is him like first starting out time traveling mm -hmm. and just like being like a young arrogant piece of shit. And then Kang is like middle age type deal. There's a really good recent Fantastic Four issue that uh, that covered it. It was an anniversary issue. Um, I'll, I'll bring it up in just a second. But like 
like this is what i was talking about earlier like kang is just like such a confusing character like just like by his very nature and i i honestly love that like they're all going to be played by jonathan majors who i think is a fantastic i think i think he killed it as kang i i really do i i really think uh he like he he is the perfect like his emotion but like when he was fucking screaming i was like yep this is exactly what i want from someone who's gonna like kill the avengers (laughs) like yeah I thought he was overacting a little bit. I thought he got like a yeah. little too yelly in in one of the scenes. I can't recall which one specifically. I think it's when he was like yelling at um at Janet. I think is is when I was just like, all right, dude, you're hamming it up a little too much. And like honestly, you whispering is so much fucking scarier than you mm-hmm. yelling. <laughs> um, dude, when he was being diabolical but, though, like talking his speeches, I was just sold. No, uh, I I just I want him in like every movie now. I still mm-hmm. like I'm probably. I got another podcast to record after this, but I'm probably gonna watch that movie Devotion tonight, like where he, it's like him and Glenn Powell and they're like Korean War pilots. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of excited for that. No, that. Yes. Um, but yeah, those are all him. And so can we actually, so that was like the first teaser, and then like the second teaser we got. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So it was uh, Owen Wilson playing Mobius and Loki. Like back in the 30s, it looked like. I loved like. it. it. Like oh, che- God. Yeah. Checking out a guy named Dr. Timely, Professor Timely, whatever. But it was like clearly like a version Jonathan, of Jonathan yeah. Majors. And it's really funny because like Marvel Comics back in the 30s wasn't called Marvel Comics. It was called Timely Comics. And so like that's like a nice little nod to Marvel. But like it looked like he was the guy. This is so fucking confusing. Comics are so stupid. I'm really sorry. But like. The Human Torch was a different character in the 30s. It was like a synthesoid robot person invented by a scientist, I think named Dr. Timely, or at least that it looks like that's going to be like the new continuity now. Uh, and so like, uh, is this how we're going to get like the other characters that were supposed to appear with Captain America, the invaders, like back when it was like him and Namor and the Human Torch and Toro Dude, and like all these like random the bullshit World War II characters. So it's it's exciting. And like, this is why I like the MCU so much because like, I know the comics fairly well, but like they're telling a new story. And like, mm-hmm. that's like, they're, they're like, oh, they're doing Infinity Gauntlet. It's like, yeah, but they're not going to do the same Infinity Gauntlet because like Silver Surfer is not a fucking character, right? Like they're not going to have like, the abstract concepts of the universe, like chaos and order, talk to Galactus because, like, none of these things actually exist in the MCU. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna get something different. So it's like a very familiar. It's like a coloring book almost, where it's just like, oh, like it's the same page, but it's colored very differently because yeah. the, the colors, the colors they should use, just like frankly don't exist. So that's that's what I find most exciting. This is the kickoff to Phase Five. How, did we talk about this already? How are you feeling about Phase Five? So. I have high hopes. Uh, Phase four was kind of hit or miss. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I felt like there could have been a lot more heat, but phase off. Uh, I mean, we. I, I forgot what the lineup looks like for phase five. I'm gonna pull it up. Jamie, pull it up for us. Um, <laughs> Guardians is up next. I think. Yes, I'm really excited for Guardians three. Uh, and uh, you know, I keep thinking uh, that Gamora's gonna die, but I think we're gonna see Rocket die. Oh man, I hope not. <laughs> Frankly, and I'm still confused on how uh, the Gamora thing works because isn't she an incursion? She is technically, or what? What do they call that? Well, because she's not from a different universe, right? She's from a different time. Like she's from an earlier time. Well, yeah, she's a, a timeline universe. incursion. Yeah, but the TSA doesn't exist anymore, so I don't think they really give a shit about incursions, right? I, uh, that's a fair point. That is a fair point. Yeah, well, I, there's that, but then also like incursions mean like literally like universe-ending events in 
in the comics, right? Because, like, incursions, I think they first started during, like, the John Hickman era of Avengers and New Avengers. Like, that's what led to Secret War in uh in, t- in 2015 and so it really was like two different universes like the like the structure of the multiverse was broken so mm-hmm. it'd be like two adjacent universes crashing into each other and the way it worked out in the story was that like the last two surviving universes were the ultimate universe and they had the a battle it out right like mainline one and so like they at first they were battling it out like oh if we can kill the other one then like ours will be saved but they weren't able to do it in time. And then that was what, le- and I think Dr. Doom had the infinity gauntlet. And I think he like created a new world out of the broken That's where he ripped out Thanos's uh, fucking spine, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that, that, that image of him, like holding uh, Thanos's spine, dude, that's such a brutal, I used to listen to a lot of like comic historian and comics explain. And like, I would just like list, like when I was running the game store, just listen to them talk for hours about that stuff, dude. I loved it. It was such a brutal shot of him just standing there and he's an all white, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, such a brutal shot. So, uh, you know, it's been about an hour. Holy shit, dude, time flies fast. Uh, any final thoughts on this? Any any final words of, you know, that you want to throw out there? Any pieces? Of all the recent movies, this is the one I think I want to rewatch the most. Just because it did feel, like, fairly independent. And it didn't feel like I had to watch She-Hulk. It didn't feel like I had to watch Moon Knight or... Mm-hmm. Uh, Werewolf by Night, which was admittedly pretty fucking sweet. I love the production value on that god. Damn, the cigarette burns in the screen? Like, dude. Oh, so good. That and just like having Man-Thing or... Yeah, that's Man-Thing. Man-Thing versus Swamp-Thing. It's like 90% the same thing. Uh, Just like having that be like an actual like animatronic and like, you know, real life Mm -hmm. prosthetic costume. Like, I'm just like, oh, this fucking looks dope. They did it because they were shooting in black and white and they could hide stuff. But still, yeah, yeah. like, I thought that was rad. And I think that's um, how they got this... away with the blood, too, right? Like, because that was the first time Marvel so, was like, yeah. that's that bloody. Yeah, and they were just like, well, it looks gray in this, so people won't think it's blood. It's like, we know it's blood. I was it wondering if they were testing that out for uh, the Punisher, because Punisher, we're supposed to get a Punisher in the MCU, and I don't think there's any way they can have the one they had on the Netflix by any means. No, I, I really doubt it. Not with disney's logo in the corner well moon knight i don't know is that that's marvel studios is it yeah so yeah because Mo- uh, moon knight like had the dude get blasted in the side of the head that was pretty brutal yeah but didn't he that was pretty brutal but i felt like they were more stylistic and like i feel like with punisher you wanted to be like visceral and gory that's a good right? point too yeah but I, so I don't they know. were able to hide, I think hide it better in Moon Knight. But like, of, of, sorry, of, of all the things recently, like this is the one that's got me most excited, and I really want to rewatch it just for the Kang moments. And so, like in that regard, I think you're right. I think like it's not a great Ant Man movie, but it is a good MCU movie. Yeah, yeah. No, I you know I can agree with that. Out. Yeah, I I can agree with that. Like I said, you know maybe a five out of ten is harsh, but I went into it you know wanting an Ant Man experience, and maybe that's on me. Uh, kind of going into it with that mindset, like wanting, you know, an Ant-Man or Ant-Man and the Wasp, you know, type of level of humor and, and fun to it. Uh, this just felt too serious. And I and yeah, like, you know, you made a good point. Marvel is heading in that serious nature. But I think they could still take some liberties and still ha- still have had some of the more fun like moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wish we got to see more of Scott's life, I think, before going into the quantum realm just like finding out what happened where post, the fuck is it is cassie's mom i don't know because it's oh god the, the actress's name escapes me right now but i love her she's great uh, does he have folk I, I i like the stepdad too a lot mm-hmm. uh the cop um i forgot his name but i yeah he's like 
the almost the brother from Ray Romano. Like, yes, knows Ray yes. Like, oh like my god, almost him, but like but like a more tolerable version yes, of that yes, guy. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and like um, it seemed like Scott had full custody this time around, and that is a, a huge like huge deviation from the plot line. Like Scott's been fighting for custody or fighting some sort of like thing for his daughter the last two movies, you know, and like this time yeah. like she wasn't even in the picture. Well, especially like. She's been arrested three times. You're gonna let her yeah. hang around, like you're and gonna then, let her leave, like her, her cop stepfather. If she's been arrested these many times, I know it's not like this. Like she was arrested for like civil disobedience, which is like it's not like she did. It's not like she robbed a place, you know. Like she, yeah, she yeah, didn't yeah. do like a violent crime or anything, sure. But like still, like I don't know. Her that stepdad's looks bad a cop, for him. like and she, she's been him. arrested. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. So um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I liked it. I get. I gave it a six out of ten. Like my ranking, I gave it three. I gave it three out of five stars. But like, I also I think MCU is kind of at a tricky point where the movies themselves don't matter as much as the next movie. And so like mm -hmm. a movie operates with like a three act structure where you have like you know your beginning, your your climax, and then your your epilogue or whatever, your resolution. And so like this movie having to function in itself i can see why it'd be kind of a letdown i'm i might just be getting more excited for like the mcu's future in general and mm -hmm. so viewing this as like the uh the inciting incident for the next marvel movie um i think like that's probably like where most of my hype comes from on this movie as opposed to like individually but like i did like that it was relatively independent as a movie you know you didn't need to know a whole lot going in they did a pretty good job of covering everything and just made it feel like a, its own like self-sustaining adventure that part didn't mm -hmm. appreciate no i i agree with you i agree so george real quick where can everyone find you if they're interested you know in checking you out checking out your podcast like what link should they uh be, be looking at uh you can find me on twitter i'm at purplebird616 that's where I, I talk about comics the most uh always happy to jump into a space just to dork out about stuff that's actually how i met cody and uh you can find the podcast at shortboxsummary.com there's a nice link that will uh take you to uh your your podcast listener of choice and uh yeah try to release every week i've been on a bit of a hiatus recently I had some family stuff come up so i haven't been able to uh to edit or record but uh things are looking up now so back mm -hmm. on schedule we're talking about batman hush very soon with richard fairgray excited to uh, round out that story with him. wow that is so cool i just got my uh batman hush like uh action figurine from uh uh, McFarland toys so dude perfect oh, timing that, on that that, look, that looks so good that one looks so pretty <laughs> it was it was gorgeous so everyone watching be sure to check out George he's an awesome awesome podcast um awesome friend uh and has a lot of awesome content on his Twitter as well uh you guys know me too keeping it geekly I bring you the latest and greatest from video games comic books and everything in between that being said it's time for us to wrap up I hope you all have a fantastic night but most importantly guys keep it geekly <laughs>